following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Primal is all the rage on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... ASM Rider Rail Maddox. And... Editor-in-Chief at ToonamiFaithful.com, CJ Maffris. And... Queen of the Feline Primal Urges, Kuro. You're welcome. I, I, I need that part cut out completely. <laughs> no, we, we do not oh, boy! You were so good! Don't do that! No, no. <laughs> We were having a nice podcast here, and you just had. I was trying to get the TikTok stuff, like you said. That will that will do it. That will do it. Cut, copy, paste. We're done with the podcast, guys. Just call us at tsunamifaithful.com. Okay. Bad curl. Bad curl. Sorry. Yes. Welcome to another episode of the Tsunami Faithful Podcast, where we are all dealing with our primal urges. Apparently. Uh, ha! <laughs> we are here to discuss the first six episodes of the second season of Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal, which has been airing on Toonami, and we've all been very much enjoying it. Yeah. Come on. Like, I was waiting for the episode where they were going to have a Meg, and they gave me that, and I'm so You happy. didn't have to wait long. No. <laughs> you, 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 you got it days before Shark Week. <laughs> the just you the just perfection of that. Oh, I just can't express it. Can we talk about the fact that there were two Shark Week tsunami intros? <laughs> that well, hey, I'm I'm of the mind we don't need a shark. energy. Week. We need a shark month. No, 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 no. If you do that, you ruin it. What? Okay, maybe a month. A month would be okay. Yes. Look here, dude. That's just like the equivalent of getting another goddamn Sharknado movie. No. <laughs> I, I'm be down for another Sharknado. There could already never be been Sharknado so many movies. Go to the guy. Uh, how the how right many now, Sharknado right? movies have there, have there? Hasn't there been like five of them? Yeah. Too yes. damn many. <laughs> That's a matter of opinion, <laughs> and I probably agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me go and get some damn bourbon, man. Because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we're just going to get right into uh, talking about Primal. Though, if memory serves, I don't know if we've actually talked about season one. We did. I I hosted. Gosh, right. I'm so sad that you don't even. Am I that? Am I not that memorable? Really? That's that's not it. I'm just a forgetful person. Sure, sure. He's a terrible. <laughs> He's getting up in age, Y'all, In case, it, yeah, sketch is full of it. I hosted and it was amazing. And you all have to listen. We talked about season one, and we talked about some other stuff too. We talked about um, what's it called? Uh, uh oh yeah, uh, Yashihime. I remember. I was on that episode. Yes, you that's were. why I was like this. This actually happened. It was me. You, Celia, and Laser? No, and um, Sketch. Was it Sketch? <laughs> yes. How do, Sketch, how the fuck do you get forget how that many she was of on these a podcast, are you man? Doing? <laughs> you can't remember. Look, we've done <laughs> over 400 episodes. <laughs> okay, I don't even remember, man, because I'm, I'm rarely on podcasts these days, man. Uh, I, sorry, I'm, you know, I'm just... You know what? It might have been the one where we talked about Lupin. Maybe I'm wrong. I actually can't remember. It was oh one God, of the few of that I hosted, remember. though. 
That's all I can say. I know that I hosted it. I remember talking about Primal, so I think it was the Yashihima one. Could have been. Or I'm wrong completely, and you hosted it, and I'm just getting old, and my memory is failing me. I certainly haven't. I haven't hosted a podcast in a while. Well, I mean, we've definitely talked about Primal before, but I mean, like really discussing the first season and the highlights and no, such. No, we definitely I- did that. We definitely did that because we. I remember we were talking about Mira, and yeah, no, I definitely hosted. We talked about it. And I didn't sign up for season one. We're talking about season two today because yes. god damn. Just yes. when, oh, yeah. Just when yeah. you thought it couldn't get better, the Madden lads have done it. It's better. Oh, oh yes, sir. Well, speaking of season one, we pick up right where we left off with uh, Spear and Fang trying to rescue Mira, who uh, got taken away. And uh, this means that Spear and Fang have to take a little boat ride. They're going to take a little trip on a little river ship. And that episode visually, it, the strongest oh it's gosh. ever been. Oh, my gosh. The, when, it it's in, when they're on the raft in the water at night. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. It was beautiful. It was like, it was like paintings that you would see in like Renaissance era. It was oh, beautiful. It, it was so well animated, and I really got a sense of the vastness of the ocean and how insignificant they were in all of that expanse. It was down to them floating around at night, them when the river, when the water uh, lost the wind, then when they were trying to find food and he's swimming around and he can't find anything. Like their complete lack of, of like any kind of land and everything around them. It just shows how small they are in the vastness of the ocean. And it was just so beautifully illustrated in all those sequences. I loved it. Those aesthetics were just chef's kiss. Mm, yes. Ah, it really, it really was. It was, oh man. Yeah. When they're, it's nighttime and all you see is the moon. Mm-hmm. Oh man, and I mean, oh, you, you got like the sounds going, and you could see the creatures under the water. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did this episode just so they could do everything they wanted to do underwater. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, it had those like Samurai Jack undertone, you know? Like yes. How, yes. How the, yes. You know, you know how the art just like every episode, the art was always different, but it was constantly evolving, and yes. just when you think that it couldn't get any better. It's just like, damn, where this come from? It just came out of the blue somewhere. That that is so on point. I I agree completely. <laughs> and then Spear channeled the shredder and dined on turtle, turtle soup. soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I was like, no, no, don't kill the turtle. Oh, yeah, he uh, he broke that turtle's neck. <laughs> Ain't no last running on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fang bit the head off. Hey. Hey, and then dino, they used the shell city. very smartly. <laughs> they uh-huh. used the shell very, very smartly. And then the Megadon shows. Oh, yes. The <sighs> Megalodon. Perfect. I kept wondering, and I was like, is there going to be, a, there has to be a shark. There's got to be a shark. And you see that, that you know, peak peer through the water, and then all of a sudden, boom, and there it is. And I just thought that sequence was way too short. But it also, like, it wasn't their typical monster fest where they have a lot of things to work with. They're essentially, you know, out in the middle of the water with nothing 
you know, at their disposal to fight with. And it is his, it is his territory. It is his game. He owns it, that Meg, and he's going to take them down. And like, they barely made it through it. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Oh, I that was sharks. a crazy fight. Yeah. Crazy, crazy fight. Uh, but it ends with them getting separated, which leads us to the next chapter where the two of them have been separated and they each find a group of uh, like individuals. This gave me anxiety, uh, by the way, them being separated. I just didn't say that. I was very anxious. Uh, and, yo, they look so guilty when they eventually reunited. I'm like, yo, relax. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Well, it's ain't like cheating I, or anything. Right. It's like, And it's like the whole thing is like obviously they have a bond, but it's not like they were looking. It was like more than it. Sh- like it gave vibes of like, guys, you're not a couple. Like you're pals. <laughs> it's not like that. I don't know Aren't why they, they- they feel like they're married. <laughs> they, they definitely feel like they're married, but I know it's just like the, the, the look of like just absolute despair that they're on the opposite sides at one point, And they're just like, Oh, and it's like, no, well, it's, you, it's you cool. have to compact with that, that they, they realize what it means to be on opposite sides in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's, it's so funny how you can have a type of Romeo and Juliet dynamic of like the Montagues and the Capulets like going against each other with no one talking and with T-Rexes and humans. It's <laughs> wild how you can get that to work as well as it did in Primal. There are, there are people talking. You just don't know what they're yeah. Can, can we talk about that? That there is talking in this episode at a pretty regular rate again. And I was worried at the end of the last season that introducing speech would completely change the dynamic. But I've, I've so far it's, it's been interesting because it is still rare and there's still so much action that happens without speech that it makes it interesting. And, and the fact is we as a viewer do not understand what they're saying unless you understand some kind of proto Celtic, which I'm assuming that's what they're trying to, to, to um, emulate by the mm-hmm. by the stone um the 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 stone village really looks a lot like there's this neolithic stone village in orkney and i think that this was meant to be a reflection of that to look just like that and i thought that was pretty cool that they're trying to use an actual archaeological site as a basis for that i mean look in reality none of these things would exist at the same time but who the fuck cares this is fantasy and it's animation and you can do whatever the fuck you want and it works in a really wonderful oh yeah no i just and i'm just so impressed how they're able to convey very oh god i'm gonna hate myself for this very primal emotions without speaking (laughs) they just keep doing it and you really do get that type of connection like i'm I'm with Curl. I'm such a Fang fanboy. Mm. I love her. She is the best character for me on this series. And obviously she's not going to talk. So we have to pick up from her nonverbal cues, her body language, her uh, demeanor, things along those lines. And like I said, like, yeah, and, and her tiny hands, you know, moving around. But the, <laughs> just like she's a clever girl. She, look, she is clever gal. The look of guy. sadness of like a finding out that she's fighting uh, Spear, and B when 
her new friend ends up perishing. It's like, oh my lord, you it, like, and we had when we sort of had that back in season one when uh her her tragedy happens with her with her kids. Yeah, her but babies. like, right, and it's just like, why am I feeling this thing for a dinosaur? It's like it's almost like they just made a badass Pokemon, and I'm like, yes. I want to train this to be the very best, like no one ever was. I choose it's, you, Fang. Amazing! <laughs> it's amazing, absolutely well, amazing. If, if you kind of look at it, man, like the circumstances between how Spear and Fang actually got together, it was more like it's it's what we call trauma bonding, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be real toxic. But in this case, it actually worked itself out because in the end, Fang and Spear started working together. You know, at you know, it's basically not the pack mentality, but in this time, it's more like is more synergistic at this at this juncture because now they're working together it's more like hey this is family you know right we're, we're, you yeah. know we're companions you know we, we have to lean on each other where i'm weak at you know you're strong at where i'm strong at you're weak at but the thing is it complements each other and you know it balances itself out absolutely but my but my comment is more just the fact that they're able to continue it without making it too cheesy because like we we got a ton of that in season one, which is great. That laid this foundation of the dynamics between the central figures of of the series. So the fact that they're able to continue it, and they continued it in ways that are vastly different from what we experienced in season one. Because season one, you really don't see them separated all that much. I mean, they have their little quarrels and things like that, but they were they were pretty much together the whole time. This is one where they were. They were separated for quite some time, and clearly, as as we'll get further on with the first six episodes, something happened to where they had a lot of time something away from each happened. other. <laughs> you, oh, you know yeah. what else? Um, I was gonna talk really... about a dinosaur drunken one night stand. No, I didn't get that. That was a boy dinosaur for a little while. Uh, I get that now, but we'll talk about that later. Um, ah, I do so want to point was, out was the was the appropriate one of not assuming gender. Good on you, yes. Curl. I, I do want to point out that though though I could say that the the the, the rigidity the rigid kind of almost horn like stuff on the 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 head the palette of the red of red should have indicated male but again I am not a paleontologist I am a internet Googler so that's how I figured that out. You're and, a cat. Well, if you look at them if you look at them right he. Okay, chickens. I'm just going you know they're, yeah, they say no, I'm right. so as a chicken. No, so you can look analogy. at it as like a coxcomb. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what tipped me off. Like he could be male at that point. That, that's a perfect analogy. Uh, the other thing, though, that about this episode that I found striking was the chief. Um, the chief rests not rescuing, but like trying to establish a relationship with Spear. I don't know <laughs> what that was about, but it is very interesting to me why he was desperate to establish this cooperative relationship with spear and that's not explained yet which makes me think it might come back later it could it could uh there's definitely a lot more tension (laughs) between uh everybody after you know the village basically (laughs) gets wiped out (laughs) there's still plenty of survivors uh, but yeah that's uh that's uh, that's gonna and you know what i find interesting about that aspect sketch and i don't it kind of like just dawned on me where it's just like it kind of propels the narrative about how uh aggressive and archaic that uh neanderthals were right they're they're depicted as these like vicious very strong brutes and then Mm -hmm. having like 
spear destroys civilizations that he's going through is kind of like, oh, wow, it's really playing on the kind of history of how uh, we were taught uh, these types of people were. Which I would, I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually a really nice little subtle little thing that they kind of add that you don't really think about until you're actually thinking about it. I think I think he's so used to being reactive to a hostile environment, too. And I, I want to, yeah. this will probably hearken to the fifth episode, um, you know, the primal theory. But you see instances where he is more docile, like where he makes friends with Mira where he um, has this one peaceful moment of fishing with Fang at the, in the last season. Like, he, he, he does, he is able to tone it down, but he's so used to being reactive because the environment is so hostile, which is essentially the basis of this whole series the, the, of Primal, it being that kind of environment that he really has to resort to those urges most of the time. But it does make it mm-hmm. so interesting just because there's always something different. And I, they changed the monster of the week formula and up their game so much with this season so far. Oh, yeah. You love, mm-hmm. you love the monsters of the week for a second season. I know I do. Yeah. I have been enjoying it profusely. And, I, and I've been the one mostly live tweeting for Toonami Faithful for it. That's usually how we've been breaking it down for a little bit, where I would start off with the first two shows, then we'd have our lovely you know, colleagues, Stephen and Brittany, take over for the last six, you know, three, three. And so getting able to really, like, sink my teeth in to really see these types of differences of how Bull Spear and Fang act, the way that the story's tone has gotten even more brutal. Uh, of course, Carl's favorite episode that we'll talk into more about uh, with Primal Theory and everything. Really good stuff. It's just, I will say this before we continue on, that bump to hype up that episode was pure genius. Oh, that Absolutely was a great genius. bump. We can't do, we can't show you guys anything. Gendy said so. He's law. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> go on, go on with your bad selves. They, All right. They were definitely, uh, they were definitely adding a little sweet and enticement out there, and I loved it. I was like, okay, what do you? Well, that was a good call. I think it's funny too because a lot of people have been, shall we say, nervous about how much things have changed with Adult Swim. You know, the credit stuff, uh, the speeding up, uh, like the ending stuff. And Sketch has kind of been keeping tabs of that more than anyone else on this podcast. Ooh, so, I don't like crunch credits and speed up credits. <laughs> no, sir. He, he's, it's channeling his, well his elderly uh, animation fan. Like, you know, back yeah, in that my was day. But, that was really but, good. I love that. But, I'm going to get that rabbit. <laughs> but that, but that promo that they did was such a callback to like old school Adult yes, Swim that, that just made me appreciate it so much, right? And it's just, it's just one of those things where it really add nothing. And honestly, I think it kind of was weird considering what the episode was. But and don't get me wrong, I love the I thought it was fantastic. But my thing is just like. I love that kind of old school feel of like, yeah, this is like adults from 2008 right here. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt right to have something as very tongue in cheek, especially toward the more vocal negative fans to where it's like, Oh no, we still see you. We still got a, a few tricks in our bag. Don't, don't let it fool you. So I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Like, this is on and like curls curl gets all the credit for getting me onto primal. Cause Aww. I didn't watch it when it first premiered on adult swim. Just because, honestly, I'm really busy and I'm not staying up late uh, to watch stuff if I don't have to. That is fair. Uh, 
Uh, and it's just it's just mostly a work thing too. But yeah. like that that's kind of that. Uh, I didn't watch marathons because I usually like to take a break with those, especially with considering how much I do help out in like other fields, all that yada yada. But getting able to watch season one week to week on this rerun, getting to watch the season two week to week, it's just. Oh, it's been such an absolute pleasure. Like we we just got on episode one of season two and we all cannot rave enough about the aesthetics of like them drifting at sea. Yeah. Right. That's just episode one. There's been some intense fights and like brutal scenes, uh, stuff that like really hits your emotions. Like we said, we have emotional feelings toward a dinosaur. Yeah. Right. Especially back in season one with what happened with her family. It's something that you can greatly appreciate where you, you don't have to be a fan of animation, but you see something like that and it just resonates. It's just so easy to resonate with a lot of people. So the fact that you know you're getting this type of feedback you're getting the type of recognition for the second season because the second season has blown the first one out of the water and that's impressive to do because the first season is award-winning and it, it just keeps racking up awards and you know the short turnaround for where it debuts on thursday to when all of a sudden it gets to uh lead off on adult swim it feels or on tsunami it feels fantastic and it's just it's been such a ride it is i i said this you know, before we record and things like this, this series might be the best thing that's ever been on Adult Swim Toonami. I cannot think of a show that it makes you think about these types of things, feel the way that you feel. The amazing artwork that I've always enjoyed because of Samurai Jack as an example. That, like, that would have been the, the one I would have suggested that did. Yeah. I think Samurai oh. Jack would be the other one I would say that is that excellent. I, I, I'll say this. For the first four seasons, yes. Not that I didn't like the fifth one. Don't get me wrong. There was something different about when I first was introduced to the first, like, Samurai Jack episode, like, when it first debuted, that just captured my imagination. Like, it was wonderful. I love it. Uh, and the fifth, and the last season is actually really, really good. I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. I just, I, I can't think of a show, and, you know, you're talking to the Black Clover stand, My Hero Academia stand, uh, uh, Fire Four, you know, there's been a, yeah. a ton of and those are completely different, anime. though. I think it's so different because it you have an active voice element, and I think this is so different because it doesn't. Um, the what, mm -hmm. what what drives the plot is not the speaking, it's not the dialogue, and that is contrary to what we see in most anime. I mean, yeah, action, sure, but again, they're talking, and that's they wouldn't be anything if they weren't talking. But in this one. Even if they took out the voice, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't change anything. It's still the action is propelled forward by the actions of the of the characters and the atmosphere and the animation and the and and the uh, background and everything. The setting. It's all. It all propels forward the storyline in such a magnificent way. And this is why I will continue to say it. Gendy is a genius. He just he knows what he's doing and he's working with a great team. And I don't even know if it's like the action itself or what. There's something about this show that makes me say this is the best thing that's ever been on Toonami's Adult Swim run. And you can start a debate if you can say, period. Mm -hmm. Like, it, this is this is fantastic. The, I, I, I literally can't speak 
any more highly about this here. Like, you're not getting Chris Evans talking about anime. <laughs> like, that speaks for something when you have, and I'm not saying that he's particularly a snobbish, but when you have Hollywood actually taking notice of animation, which Hollywood. apparently is a dying breed right now. Like, animation's at war right now. 100% it's at war right now within the entertainment sphere and industry. Oh, yeah. So when you have a Hollywood big shot like Chris Evans, you know, Captain America, saying, holy shit, this show is fantastic. I need more. People are going to notice that. People are definitely going to notice. And, and like, Don't worry, I replied to him and say, hey, there's four more episodes. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure he saw it. Scared. But no, in all seriousness, like that, that to me just... In and out of it itself is like a legacy type of thing. The fact that a show that, while not premiering on Toonami, it's pretty much premiering on it with how close they are debuting, and it's just, it's fantastic. It's such a, it's been amazing. Yeah, like, and I'm not, I'm not an anime snob. Obviously, like I love anime. You know, that's that's my preferred type of thing to watch, and not just on Toonami, just in general, right? Like Spy X Family, Fire Force, like. Uh, Chainsaw Man, Bleach Lady. Well, if you were an anime snob, you'd still be saying Cowboy Bebop is the best thing to ever air on Toonami. Right, no. I mean, if you wanted me to do a list of that, I mean, Bebop's obviously on it, but I'm being dead serious. I think Primal's easily top five, if not top three. And I would not begrudge anyone who wanted to say number one all time. I really wouldn't. Like, it's been... God, I don't know. I have to think about that. It's been so phenomenal. It's so individual, though. Like, I have to be objective in that, and that'd be tough. Right, but it's just Samurai Jack original on that list, though. But it's it's just it's one of those things where just Primal hits something that I can't quite articulate on or quantify. But it's Primal just, is truly it unique. Blows you in. It is, it is, and it and that's and what makes the, it amazing. It is, and I think the problem like there's nothing like it. Right, and I think the problem with I think it goes over the heads of a bit of Toonami's audience where they want just the action of it, and like they it gives you it. It's very brutal, very gruesome things along those lines, and like you know, being on the social media side, I, I see less tweets for that during its airing on Toonami as opposed to like Yashahime or Lupin even or uh, One Piece, you know, all that stuff. But it's like it's it, it's, it's almost, far and away the most watched show on Toonami though. I think people are. I think the thing is, is that they're actually just watching it and not tweeting. <laughs> to be fair, it's just that good. It, like you know, it's it's hard to to take your t- attention away even for a moment. And it reminds yeah. me of like what my brother and you I would watch. Can't have it on in the background. You have right. to watch. It reminds me of when my brother and I would watch uh, this the slice of life anime that we both called the number one slice of life anime of all time of uh, my romantic teen comedy snafu, where we're watching this. And we literally couldn't. That's hilarious. We we couldn't put our phone like we couldn't. We didn't have our phones up. We didn't talk. We didn't say nothing. We just watched, and it just sucked us in. And after like thirty minutes, we're like, "Oh wait, what?" <laughs> you know, it's pretty it hard just, to keep up with the dialogue if you don't. <laughs> well, we were watching it dubbed, but re- I, even if it's dubbed, they talk pretty fast. You know regardless. what I really love? It's just it. And Primal has that same type of thing where yeah. it just. I, I have to put everything down. You have to watch it. You do. And it's you, hard to tweet. Yes. I have to tweet for T- Tsunami News. It's so hard. You can't multitask when you're watching this. But also, like, even though, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's fantastical, um, they, they do bring in things that are real. For example, in episode three, you see Spear and Fang. And, and Fang, she demonstrates a level of pathos by being depressed over the death of Red. 
And that that in itself is pretty interesting. And then you see Spear entering a cave and he sees handprints. And that is really reminiscent of Cueva de los Manos. It's this cave art, this prehistoric cave art in Spain. And it dates back millennia. But also there's another one in Tibet that's like almost 200,000 years old. So like just just the level of detail where they're showing handprints on cave art that literally represents something that we have here in reality, that is just fantastic. And I loved that. It was really thoughtful and, and really, uh, really elegant addition in a moment of peace before we, we saw the violence ensue once again. I thought that, that that was a really great addition for that episode. And it's just points like that that make me say, like, Sketch, you, you say Primal is its own thing. That's kind of why I say it's one of the best things ever on Toonami, <laughs> right? Like, it's just, yeah. you can't you can't compare it. There's just, there's literally nothing to compare it to. You can go, oh, what about Samurai Jack? Well, aesthetically, sure, absolutely. But story-wise, two different things. Two different things to me. And it's just, it just, it creates this type of kind of kind of feeling towards the series that just makes me really just love it so much it's so good it's fantastic show it to a a non-fan show both series to a non-fan and just see what they how they respond to both oh oh i'm telling you they they'll love them both because because let me tell you the first season of sam jack oh boy yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm sorry that you were saying (laughs) who cares what you're saying we're gushing about primal (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah um yeah i'd say it's 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 a little hard to quantify, but I I would not uh, discredit anybody for putting this in their top five tsunami shows ever. <laughs> At least their top ten. It's, uh, I, it's I have a feeling mine's going to be pretty dang, pretty dang powerful. <laughs> like it's just like, and I'll ask it, you the sketch. How, it, what's, as what's a, been as that? a character story? As a, as a character study, what even compares to this? Yeah. In in the amount that we're given where even if we don't have like inner monologues or dialogue that is more than (laughs) grunts and speaking in other languages, you get so much character study within this show. It's incredible. (laughs) And and echo what Darrell said about trauma bonding and the synergy between characters that was really (laughs) elegantly put as well. Mm-hmm. And at this point, they they are so bonded. Fang went out of her way to help Spear do all that he needed to do in the first episode, whether it be to build the raft or to steer the raft in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, she she didn't jump in and try to catch a fish, but no, <laughs> but she, those tiny arms, man, she protects and she protects him against Red. Mm-hmm. But she also protects Red from Spear, which is very interesting as well. That's a heck a of a lot position of to be in. Yeah, she takes a lot of abuse on on Spear's behalf too, because like you see fights and she gets carved up a lot. No, it hurts my soul, man. Mm. Hate it. I just want to protect her so much. <laughs> mm. I mean, the moment that you saw them bonding with other. Uh, humanoids and other dinos, you're like, oh, this isn't going to end well. 
No, that was kind of the um, what we call it, the death flag coming up at that point, man. And uh, the economy got killed. Death flag, Tennessee, Tennessee, inevitable. But uh, I mean, I mean, it it was basically the red wedding, dude. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) It, it, it really. Yeah. It really juxtaposes the relationship that they have and how unique and special it is because to outsiders, what they have doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. They wouldn't dare do it. So it's going to put them at odds with almost everybody that they come in contact with, except thankfully, it doesn't put them at odds with Mira. And the family grows. Well, so far, at least. Oh, I love man. that Mira. I was worried at first, but um, yeah, I'll let, I'll uh, let you. They sure, uh, they sure found her quicker than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Just third episode. That was okay. such oh, sketch. That was such a good episode, too. Was that two or three? Uh, episode three is when they find Mira. Oh, God, I loved it, too, because I was actually worried that he was just going to find another like group of people that looked like Mira. And then the fact that she was there, I was like, oh, yes, thank you. Thank you. OK, OK, this is good. If only they hadn't spoiled it during Toonami during the first commercial break on episode two. Listen, it's <laughs> fine. It already aired on Thursday. <laughs> Technically, spoiler doesn't count. It's been seen. <laughs> but but it's just the 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 raw emotions that you just get of these things. Like I'm a sucker for those types of tropes, whether it be, not so much the romantic side, although don't get me wrong, th- those are nice too. But I really like the whole okay, a friend or a, or an ally has been taken away, we got to go get them. You know, a great example of like our several legs, like when Rukia was taken to the Soul Society and Ichigo had to go get her. I was so glued to my TV, making sure I'd stay up every day to be able to catch to if Ichigo would actually make it to save Rukia. Right? It's the same type of concept. And it's just, mm-hmm. it blows me away because no one's saying a damn thing. And I love it. It's just like, you understand, he shows up. Everyone's scared shitless because they think, oh, crap, this this dude, we've never seen him before. He's going to kill us all. Yeah, just like, you know, the, and he's scary right, looking and they don't know right. what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then he just shows up. And then Mira finally, she's like, oh, my fucking God, you made it all the way. How? And like, they embrace. And you're just like, oh, God, they it's gonna be okay. Then the then the Vikings show up. Oh fuck! No, no, no everything's gonna be okay. Nope. And uh, then apparently, like, the Vikings didn't take too kindly to them uh, walking off with the slaves. First of all, you're really gonna have slaves and not have them like in handcuffs or anything. Well, I mean, they're That's not smart Vikings. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> but it's uh, just like it's it's one of those things. And like you even get to see like Mira's primal side too, because boy, she was. Part. She was so uncomfortable and like she she realized she had to to live. And it's just it's almost like when we go to episode, you know, five, she it's, embraced the, it's her the same side. She yes. embraced it and it was and fantastic for people who were like, why did they have that episode in there? It's to explain what Mira just did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I love that connection. Yeah. You, you see that initially when when Spear is trying to gathered them all up and get away. He's like, you know, we, we have to fight. And we was like, no, that's not what we do. But 
And and Spears just like, yeah. oh, you go and learn today. <laughs> yeah, um, they ran away, and you know, there's a part of me that thought because we don't know where these people came from before they became slaves or what they might feel about their situation other than, you know, the natural despair a slave might feel. But but I loved that Mira saw it as an opportunity to get back at her oppressors. And I was curious to see, like, at first I thought, oh, they'll all join in and, and, uh, and react, and they didn't. And it, in my opinion, that was a bit of a missed opportunity because... If we're talking about how the show in general talks about delving into your primal urges, I can't imagine anything more primal than revenge against an entity that was oppressing you. And sure, their fear would be natural and them running away is natural too, but I'm just very surprised that Mira was the only one to stay and fight um and and react so and and she straight up like she chopped a guy's head off that was the first thing she did and i was like okay yeah she's in this let's do it you know i i I just it was it was just something that i thought and and it's not a complaint it was just an observation that i had about watching curl curl you want you want to know my theory of why that might be it's because she's been with spear before yes she saw it so like she kind of understood the fight or flight type of mechanism more so than just the flight part that the rest of her uh, people might have felt at the time. I'm sure I do agree. I would still think they were even though like they might not have any of them might have experienced that before. I have to think like one or two maybe right would even have that type of fight. like there's yeah. always one. So I do agree that there definitely should have been more on the fight side of it. But I have a feeling like it was obviously going to be her just because she was exposed to it. And in a, in a more positive way, obviously, because, you know, mm-hmm. Bang and Spear are, are trying to, uh, you know, hunt, you know, survive, things along those lines. Not so much to survive through oppression or anything like that, but just survive for, you know, necessities kind of thing. So I think the fact that she experienced that, she's like, okay, and I know Spear is someone I could trust. He mm-hmm. obviously came all this way to help. I'm going to try to emulate what I've seen from him, just mm-hmm. as he has been emulating stuff that he's seen from her. So it's kind of like yeah, that's right. I, it's kind of like that type of relationship that those two have that kind of allowed her to grow and to be able to have them uh, the the mentality to fight more than flight as opposed to that, for people. That was definitely probably the intent of the episode. But man, the red mist that was fucking brutal. That was yeah. brutal. Oh man, <laughs> I oh. yeah, you know. If they had just let Spear and Fang leave, just, but no, no, uh, no, they, uh, they, they wanted leave. blood. No, it's like they couldn't leave well enough alone, and then they just, it was like, this is basically the enactment of fuck around and find out. Yeah, yeah. That's the show in a nutshell, honestly. Like, oh my gosh, some lady with, <laughs> some lady with a baby walks out of her, it's <laughs> like, Oh, well, it's fight time now. All right, let's go. <laughs> like, lady, come on. Well, it's, they didn't have much for entertainment sketch. They didn't have, like, Ninja Turtles to watch or yeah. play on the Nintendo Switch. So, I mean, it was either this or just sleep. Right. Yeah. And the, uh, like, the, the chief's son... The chief's son was like he he did not want to go down without a fight. Oh, he got he got what he was looking for. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. kid that was rough. Um, well, he got to go to Valhalla the right way. He did. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure one of the Valkyries carried him off to Valhalla, or whatnot. They did. I mean, 
Spear really didn't want to kill that kid, but... You know, I appreciate that Spear has a, a code of honor of sorts. That you know. well, I think it's I think it's because of the trauma of him losing his kids, right? Yes, yeah. Exactly. He's basically doing to these people what happened to him, and I think that's mm. it's very interesting how they played that off to where, again, we're talking about a Neanderthal here, and they're starting, to, and he's starting to learn and have more kind of an understanding of the world around him and the fact that he's like oh crap i'm doing the same thing that these things did to me i have to to survive and it might start creeping his head is that what happened to my family it was just done for someone else to survive and i think that might be creeping into where it's just like well we're getting into some real deep level shit with with uh spear right now he basically it's a more it's an issue of morality man yeah Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a it's a thin line because okay he's attacking this village but he's he's, you know it's basically a fight or flight but then on top of that is self-preservation too Mm -hmm. it was like look if i do not fight back then these people are going to unalive me and I'm not going to be able to continue on, you know, doing what I need to do because, hey, you want to live. So, hey, it's either me or them. And guess what? I'm choosing me over them. Mm-hmm. And it'd be a waste, too, considering he traveled all this way to rescue Mira. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love the but. analogy of the red mist to the berserker reaction that the red mist coming in and then them behaving essentially as berserkers them going nuts and and going on a spree i mean they were defending themselves of course we know that but still like the frenzy which they were fighting as the mist comes in like i felt like that was a really tangible analogy they were trying or a metaphor that they were trying to demonstrate and i i thought that was really it was it was a clever animation technique added to the intensity yep it was the only thing that fate stay night taught me well sketch (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think what we're supposed to observe from this episode is there was no good guy here. No, it's like Gundam. Primal is Gundam, prehistoric Gundam. You know, and it's funny that you say that about there being no good guy sketch because at the end they do something curious. They have a scene where the chief and whoever—I don't know if it's son or another clan member—are burying everyone and having a ceremonial ship burned and all of that and it's very emotional and they set the slaves free and it's a whole thing and it's like you're sort of meant to sympathize with them a little bit but like if you think back they were subjugating a whole people to slavery very cruelly mm-hmm. so it's very strange. And then they were willing to attack. And, and at the time when Spear entered the village, he hadn't done anything violent. He was just trying to get his, his, his friend, you know? And mm-hmm. then they came in, they were like, with their five bears and their... And they were out there even before that, they had hunted him down. So, like, on one hand, you see, oh, they're humans and they have pain and they have suffering. And the other hand, you're like, well, I can't give them a pass for their loss because again they behaved this way so I, I just thought that was a really interesting thing to put in at the end of the episode it, it was meant to kind of make you stop for a minute and pause and think I think I don't know it's well, war no you, one wins when you look at both sides and especially when it comes to war or just even a battle each side has its good like every side has its heroes and its villains it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it really does I mean you know to the opposing force these people are the villain. To the next force, 
these people are the heroes because mm-hmm. they were fighting back. But at the same time, like I said, there are no, there is no good, no bad. There is no heroes. There's really no villains. It's just like we did this shit out of necessity because we were trying to survive unscathed or at least, you know, protect, you know, our way of life. And this is what these Vikings were doing. They were trying to protect their way of life. Mm-hmm. And they did not want to take, they didn't want to lose what they had. And another thing, like uh, with mirrors on, you know, her on people, mm-hmm. you know, with the fight or flight thing, it's mm-hmm. like sometimes even though they, even though they ran away, in a way, it's kind of like you got to look at it like Stockholm Syndrome too. They probably had been subjugated by these people so long yeah. that they did not want to fight them because they were actually sympathizing with their oppressors. Yeah. And it happens a, a lot. Yeah. So in Reddit, instead of um, getting in the middle of this, they ran away because they didn't know how to really react to this. And, you know, sometimes it's just a normal way. Yeah. When people deal with Stockholm Syndrome, they don't get into it, like, with either side, especially the side that's being oppressed, that's oppressing them. Yeah. That's definitely mm. the beauty of, of not having a dialogue is that we can really think about it and, and, and as individuals sort of come up with explanations or interpretations. And I think that's really interesting. It leaves a lot up for discussion. Hmm. So, uh, and anybody else, when they first saw Rika, the the wife of the chief, show up, you probably were thinking, oh, this, this lady looks like she's going to be trouble. Yeah. Well, maybe she would have been if she didn't find a Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> bitch took I mean, on the wrong bitch. <laughs> she yeah. asked around and found out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally... That Tyrannosaurus Rex was the definition of nook if you buck. Uh, no one messes with my girl Fang. <laughs> she got Tyrannosaurus wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> there it Beautiful. is. Oh, bravo. bravo. So I wanna I wanna ask this now then. What did we all think about the episode? And you know which one I'm talking about. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, there we go. Girl. <laughs> Science <laughs> shield delivered. She's done. Wait, wait. I want I want to describe this. Okay, yeah, please do. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> at the end of that episode, the Vikings set out for revenge cuz they know somebody did this and they're going to find out who it is. But before we get that, we get something England. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> In England in 1890, a biologist named Charles, hmm, Charles Darwin, Darwin. Yeah, probably. Get your brandy, please, everyone. <laughs> tries to defend his theory of evolution to his fellow scientists, Lord Darrington, Blakely, Bertie, and Gerard. Uh, Charles surmises that in the right situation, any person would regress to their primitive roots in order to survive. But the evening is cut short when an escaped inmate from a nearby asylum breaks into the house, kills the butler, and proceeds to prey on every person inside. Yeah. You know what this read like? Did you, we're, okay, story time, everyone. When I was a when I was a youngin, many 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 years ago, I Carl, you just turned eighteen two weeks ago. That's yes. Uh, I was sitting in the jail, car, babe. and I have a family member tell me a horror story, like the kind of horror stories you tell when you're a kid under blankets at night that you're not supposed to have heard of, and it was about an escaped inmate and a a, a man in a car and he he leaves his broken down car to go find help and his wife is waiting and she hears a thump 
on the top of the car, and it turns out it's the escaped inmate with it's always the husband's an escaped head. inmate. Yes. This gave me those vibes, like being a kid and hearing horror stories, like where you tell them anecdotally to each other and you're not supposed to. This gave me those vibes so hard, like that that 90s horror vibe. It really had that hardcore. And Why did that continue. dude look like Killer Croc? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nice tattoo he had. Death? Yes. <laughs> I'll let you continue. Sorry, I had to. I had to share that. <laughs> First of all, why didn't this guy showing up just prove the theory on its own? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, no. <laughs> Second of all, these guys took way too long to pick up a gun. <laughs> Dude, you got like weapons all around them in every room, and they're like, "Oh no, what do I let's do?" Let's just run sir? away. What happened to the butler? He's been eaten. Sorry. Also, how dare he spill that booze onto the ground? Man, I was so mad. Also, that's going to be real hard to get out of the carpet. (laughs) Though I think that's the least of their concerns. (laughs) Like, seriously. But they do have a very... He did have a real good... um, he did have a good opinion, though. Like when people are put in certain situations, they will re- they will actually um, revert back to like you know those primal ways. Because I mean, you almost depending on where you're at in the situation, you will go completely feral. I mean, like I've been in a lot of fights from a young and on up, and honestly, I've had to fight because people always looked at me and saw the eyeglasses me being weak. You know, I get triggered, and then literally I put my hands around somebody nigga almost broke his neck and i was like after the fight he, he i basically choked him out but the thing is i told people i was like move back i screamed do not touch me because i was like right now i cannot distinguish friend or foe so if you come hear me i will actually hurt you yep and you were reacting you were I mean, reacting and that is what happens people uh people i mean i mean we're all animals just like the song says. <laughs> Baby, I'm praying on you tonight. <laughs> but I will not tell you, like, trust me, survival training? Oh, that's a coming to Jesus moment right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And y'all, I did some primal stuff. Let's just say um, banana leaves ain't all that fun. Which, you is, know which is why Kuro will never join the armed forces, but appreciates all that they do. <laughs> Carl, you're a vigilante at night. I don't know what you're talking about here. Telling everybody they're gonna know, and it won't be secret anymore. (laughs) (laughs) They don't believe me anyway, so it doesn't matter. Good, good. My plan is working. (laughs) Survival training is fun, but I I will not lie. I did kind of go feral because there were some things I actually made raw fish, man, and it wasn't sushi. Like hunger pains get to you after a while, and bugs taste like friggin' steak. Real talk, though. Did you spear an escaped guy from an asylum through the brain with a spear? Because that would have been fucking badass. <laughs> no, ma'am, this is not Lord of the Flies. I did not do that. <laughs> not the that very I can talk definition about on this of podcast. <laughs> I think my only thing was the fact that the old dude still got his boxing chops. Yeah, dude. Dude, he, he starts punching them in the face, and then he looks over at the poster. Oh. <laughs> My favorite part of that whole episode is the Help very 
me yeah. mad. Oh, We're sorry, you were doing so well there for a moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he punches him a few times, and the madman's like, whatever. <laughs> no, but he's like, he's like, Charles is right. like, yes, go, man, go, or something like that. He's like cheering him on. Give him hell. <laughs> Let him have it, old boy. <laughs> That's the British equivalent of what that trick. Queensberry rules. <laughs> Oh my god. And then and then at the very end when he screams, like what does he say? Like like the equivalent of I told you so? He's like, see And there you have it. <laughs> I, <was. laughs> I loved it. I knew that favorite. was coming. I knew it was coming. Sketch <laughs> sketch, that scene can be described in one way. A Reddit conversation. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is, it is so memeable. And also, it was like the way he said it. Oh, it was perfect. It was the last bit of dialogue. And there you have it. He's gleeful. It's great. It's perfect. You, you know, people are dead. You know, people everyone's are dead. Like, we, we're all very injured. And the, <laughs> things have really gone off the rails. But <laughs> I was right. I was right. He's and literally that's like. important here. He's literally like beating his ass in the quote retweets at the end of the episode. It's just like, you got to be freaking, you're trolling right it, now. And he says it so gleefully in spite of all of the human wreckage. He's inting our ranked games. Like, what are you doing, man? Oh, I loved it. That was, that was, so it was fun. a great episode. It was, it was so, so clever. Like if you're, you're watching this, you're like, what the heck is, how did we get here? Where's Spear? <laughs> Where's Fang? Where's my girl Dino kicking some major booty? Right? Instead, we get Charles Darwin and this escaped asylum and some jolly good, you know, knuckle dragging. And it's just like, I told you so. Thank you. Yes, that's all we needed. Yeah. You just know that Tartakovsky's like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want with this. And y'all are going mean, to like it. And he's law, apparently, at Adult Swift, so we have no choice. I can see why, though, he didn't show it. Because if they had tried to show a preview of that, you none can't of us preview would, that. No, none of us would have gotten it. It needed to be, like, completely out of the or Like, you had to not know what was coming for that to work. I, it was good. <laughs> it, it, I mean, if you see you all, all just, that damn blood and gore, you just get that damn one line. Holy shit. And that spilled brandy, man. You know? Yeah. We literally just saw the creation of Reddit right there, right in front of our <laughs> exactly. eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I love the fact that the, you know, the constable, the, the police officer was voiced by Spear. <laughs> oh, I missed that. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it's the same perfect. actor, Aaron Laplante. Yes. Uh, Jacob Dudman was Charles, and Jeremy Crutchley was Lord uh, Darlington. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Dudman, nice delivery. <laughs> he really sold it. And Fred Tattashore, a usual voice of the Hulk, was the madman. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, Darlington definitely was channeling some spear <laughs> at the wait, end wait, there. Wait, wait. Sketch, who'd you say was the asylum escapee? Uh, Fred Tattashore. I think that's actually the voice of Soldier 76 from Overwatch. Could be. I'm not even joking. Like, that name sounds so familiar to me right now. He's he's very prolific. He's in so many things. Dude, I could talk yeah. to another Overwatch VA. <laughs> We're going back to old CJ. Holy shit. 
Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but dude, I loved it. I, I love the British accent. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, so good. It was that whole episode is just. I'm watching it too, and I have to live tweet that, and I'm just like, I don't even know what to say. Like, what do I do? <laughs> Channel your inner Reddit post. Well, I mean, <laughs> thankfully, I don't. There's only one thing that I can get away with on doing a personal thing on that account for live tweeting, and that is bully Celia. That is about it. I'll say this: those guys were terrible at running away from the madman. <laughs> like Darwinism it, at work, as they say. Being the herd out, baby. The, Damn the, it, heard out. The madman throws the like the dresser at the door. Y'all could have moved that. <laughs> Come on, it was way better than running back the other way. Also, how the heck did the madman get on the ceiling? He jumped good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice right him at that, at that uh, asylum. By the way, he was like built. Holy shit! Yeah. He's eating uh, meat <laughs> and his carbs. He's a meat and potatoes boy. <laughs> I don't know, but either he eating other inmates or the rats. The other inmates. <laughs> I mean, because look here, this is the 1890s, you know. Um, prison yeah. systems and psychiatric treatment wasn't exactly the best back then. No, it was shit. It was shit. <laughs> Up until Freud, God bless him, uh, there was no But such thank you, thing. Renee, to the scar pits. Yeah, there was no such thing. It's very, yeah. very amusing. So what do you think of the theory, and this has been going around, that primal is actually taking place in the future, and the world has reverted to a primal state? Whoa. What? What? You just blew my mind. Holy shit. Oh my god. Sketch, you know that's not possible. That would that would mean that, it, not so much the human part, the human part's possible, but you're telling me that animals then reverted back? Sure. You know what? Uh, uh, Charles did mention that the that the birds showed signs of reverting to uh, prior. Oh, I actually. Um, that's a good point. Is I don't know. I could see the human side of it, but it's nature just hard for me is to healing think of itself. The, no, that is <laughs> that's hard. a fun theory. It's very Horizon Zero Dawn, but but more primal. If you forgive the expression, I love it. Um, I don't. I mean, know. on one hand, I think. It's fine if Primal, uh, it, you know, throws in totally unrealistic fantasy elements yeah. and it's still set in the past. But on the other hand, if it's set in the future, then it's all possible, baby. Where did you, does this off of Reddit too? <laughs> I don't, I don't know where this theory originated, but like it was Reddit probably thing. discussed on Reddit. <laughs> I, I kind of okay. dig it. What do you think, Darrell? I mean, it's not, um, you know, it's plausible. I mean, if you looked at, like, a lot of stuff that, like, dystopian, like, societies, like, you would probably have, like, some of the animals reverting back to their, like, you know, their earlier forms. And then you can have people that have, like, pretty much technology. And then it's possibility that some people just, you know, took up basically, um, I guess you could say, like, you got Vikings on one end, you got cavemen, people who just kind of reverted back, hey, I'm just going to be a dumbass, you know, what, what this is, Cro-Magnon, for the most part, because we know Mira was homo sapien yeah. at this point, mm -hmm. with the reason and the way she was thinking, you know, higher, pretty much a Neander more higher Neanderthal, functioning. Neanderthal, maybe yeah. even. 
<laughs> yeah, more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's more Neanderthal. I'm sorry, I was. Cro-Magnon is a step above Neanderthal, but um, when you look at all these things, it's like, wait a minute. It, it was actually possible because <laughs> I'm trying to get all my thoughts together. I'm having a no, quick I get brain it. Part. You know what but, I think? Maybe even not just reverting. Maybe like like follow that thread through what you're saying, Darrell, and what you're saying, Sketch. You know, we've just completely fucked our planet, right? And let's follow that through. So what happens? Evolution has to restart. And except that the planet already has remnants of previous civilizations and creations. So it's sort of restarting at an uneven pace, which may explain why different factions have developed at different rates and also why you see, you know, huge reptiles or different creatures like, like, I think like you could make the argument for it being a future, you know, post-dystopian, post-apocalyptic thing. Like, yeah, I could see it. That's a fun thing to, to, to play with. I don't think I mean, that was the intention. It's basically, the world is imbalanced because you got tech here you know, pretty much um, Iron Age to probably pre-Iron Age and Stone Age and everything is basically clashing with each other. Yes. 100%. Like, like, and, and it's not even, that's not even unheard of because that's happened in our own world, but in a way that, that makes sense. Like, so, yeah, I feel like, okay, that's fun. I could, I can roll with that. I didn't think about it before, but I could roll with that. I don't know if that was the intention behind this, you know, you never know with Tartakovsky, though. Like, his his mind is a maze. I don't know where that's going. I'm just along for the ride, man. And I'm riding right in the back where I get the whole, like, whiplash from the roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, it really does kind of make sense, though. I mean, it's very plausible, though. I mean, you yeah. know, things like, look at Dr. Stone, though. Right? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, That's a great analogy. There you go. Man, I hope dinosaurs show up in Dr. Stone. That'd be awesome. I don't know. I I still don't. I don't think it's the future. It's hard for me only strictly because I don't think the animals would have been able to. I I feel like they'd be still far behind in developing backwards as compared to the humans. But look at it like this. CJ. Hold on. Look at it like this. Jurassic World. Oh god! Life finds a way, but look at life it like this. But maybe they evolved into another form, like saying what you see now as the dinosaurs to actually keep up with this world. Holy shit! You've maybe. never seen my chickens go after food, man. They are vicious little raptors. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with any of that. It's just like I say, it's just the suspension of disbelief is a bit harder to prove to me compared to what's been said so far. No, I mean, it very well could be right. Yeah. It's just for me, I like. When I think of when civilization like dissolves, I I feel like the animals would take the longest time to kind of get used to it as opposed to like humans at the start. And then they hit a point where all of a sudden the animals would just like completely go, uh, you know, faster than the humans kind of thing. So it, I, I don't know. It's just it's tough for me to kind of see it working to where it would line up as perfectly as it has in the series so far. Well, you know, and that brings me to a really important point here, everyone. There have been no cats at all in any of these episodes, and I'm telling you, where are the fucking cats? <laughs> what? My big tooth cats. Just saying. That is super important. You I never mean, know. You might see them eventually. They got, they, they got bears almost as big as a T-Rex. <laughs> but I don't want them to be eaten. I want them to be, like, cool. Like, I want them to fight, you know, as, like, a pack against the humans or something like that. 
Not that this is reenacting some fantasy of mine that I've had for ages about. Are you okay right now? Are you good? Are you good? The cats are rising up. You've already mentioned your primal urges. Like, are you okay right now? This is where Paul says, put down the wine, Kuro. (laughs) No, Kuro. Pick up the wine. No, that's what Paul drinks. I'm just we actually drink like adults. Like, I feel like there was there was a couple of felids in the first season, but they were like hostile. But I mean, like a true big cat. I want to see you know, like 10,000 BC kind of cat that we can all love, and then it goes away and it doesn't get eaten by Fang. That's our saber tooth tiger. Yeah. Well, there's four episodes left. Well, okay. We'll see. So that brings us to the ultimate episode of this season. I think, well, one of one of many ultimate episodes. But uh, yeah, B- big bomb dropped. Woo! <laughs> it's time. It's time for revenge of the Vikings, as uh, Spear and Fang and Mira have taken a boat and uh, escaped. But Spear and Fang are both really badly injured, and Mira seems to be pretty good at taking care of them. Uh, but they uh, have to face off against the chief and Eldar, who I believe is his son. I kept on thinking <laughs> for, he was for real, though. And until until uh, the other Vikings spoke, I wasn't sure if they were male or female. Kind of kind of hard to tell. That's a good uh, point. I I wasn't sure if Eldar was male or female as well. <laughs> he could have been yeah. gender fluid. He could have been. She could. They could have been. They could have been. Yeah. They could have been. They could have been. Yeah. I uh, yeah. And Mira takes command of the Viking ship, and the chieftain abandons the fight to save their son, who was thrown overboard. And the trio are then forced to dock so that they can repair the ship. And during that time, Fang starts gathering things for a nest, and Spear immediately realizes there's gonna be some babies! Oh my god! So excited, and he wants to help, and it's It's so cute. It's precious. It's so cute. I can't handle the cute. It's amazing. What are you getting for them, Carl? What's your present for the new babies? Oh my gosh! Well, I was thinking some bird meat, maybe, you know, Ooh, like some giant now grubs. We're talking. Always a good choice. Yeah. Always a good choice. Some giant green grubs. You know, they're little. We got to be, we got to ease them into, you know, proper meat. I'm so excited. If anything happens to those eggs, I swear. I know she has a clutch again, man. Holy shit. Sketch, you said it. You said it. Now we get, you just. The red flag's already already popping up for me right now. This is the biggest game changer after introducing Mira. Like, no shit. This is completely going to change how the series goes from here. Mm -hmm. Also, clearly, the uh, red dinosaur was a male. Yes, now that we... (laughs) (laughs) We don't know that. We we didn't... uh, Nature finds a way. Uh, (laughs) I mean, uh, it could have been a different T-Rex. We don't know. Hey. Well, he could have been both. Are you saying yeah. Spears a little... I mean, uh, Fang's a hussy? Because uh, my no. girl got to get her on. She got to get hers on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen. 
Bang could do whatever the hell she wants. She deserves everything. But I'm just saying, we, we don't know what the babies look like. We got to get Mari on the phone. We got to find out who's who's the daddy. <laughs> I mean, like, Fang just got a little bit of that booty duty done in. Are they going to be green and red? That, that'd be cool looking. Aww, yeah. I'm so excited. Christmas dinos. Yay. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, Dow. <laughs> what? But before they can celebrate, <laughs> of course, it wouldn't be like an episode if there wasn't shit they had to deal with. No, no, they uh, they this got one felt very emotional too, mm-hmm. and I don't yes. mean like the the good way either with like how emotional we were about the, the what uh, Fang is expecting, mm-hmm. right? Like this one felt very like oh god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the chieftain and Eldar. Managed to uh, break in a couple of flying creatures. Are are Argentavis? That's that's what Wiki says. <laughs> yeah, they're big. They're big birds, and I was like, "Oh man, you're choking those poor things." <laughs> Largest flying Seems... birds to ever exist, and the heaviest flying bird of all time. Mm, interesting. My middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> thankfully, nothing bad happened to the eggs. And uh, even though Fang initially was like, "No, you don't. You stay away from there." <laughs> to uh, Spear, she she does let him approach the eggs at the end of the episode. Aww. That's pretty big, man. That shows a really oh, yeah. high level of trust. Mm-hmm. And Mira too, like Mira, I think, I think this is cool because you see Mira really as a part of the team. She A, helps heal Fang and B, she's happy to see that Fang has, has, is pregnant and that she helps them, him fight the chieftain off. Like it's a whole, it's a completely new dynamic and it's going to be interesting to see. And then they move straight to her being pregnant and having the egg. So, like, what does this mean? Does it mean they're going to stay there? Does it mean that Spear will, I mean, that Fang will leave now? Because that could mean now she's got babies. She can't go around traveling. She's got a, a something to, to live for that was essentially what drew her to Spear to begin with. Like, it completely changes what the potential dynamic will be in the future. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen next. But yes, eggs. And Spear is a proud uncle. He is. He's, he's, he's so a, happy. Yeah, he is. I'm happy. I want the babies. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Uh, you know, props to them for showing the miracle of childbirth. I swear to God, if they uh, if they kill those, those babies, I'm hating this show and I'm never watching it again. Don't do that to me. That's just going to rip my heart out. Again. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully not. So yeah, those were the six episodes that have aired, which is quite the journey so far. And as you can tell, we really like the series. One can only wonder what they're going to do in the next four episodes. Sketch, what are they going to do? Well, apparently something called the Colossus is involved. Colossus. And it's a a two-parter. Yeah. Wait a minute. Aaron Yeager is showing up? What the heck? <laughs> there will be no Titan sling. <laughs> Damn. I love well, that. Well, actually, actually, who, who knows? Uh, oh, yeah. In episode six, the the Viking chieftain like sees a vision of 
something called Vidar. Seems like maybe a demon or something. Spear gonna find a demon? The one that he was worshipping. Oh. Well, and here's here actually that's pretty interesting you say that because I didn't realize this until season two, but you remember how Mira was quote unquote worshipping the moon each night in episode mm-hmm. ten, and then and then when uh, Spear first encounters them, he sees like the sun and there's this juxtaposition of like their her what I can assume is her people worshiping the moon and his people worshiping the sun. So, and and it wouldn't, Mm. it wouldn't be a stretch given how the show has gone with the supernatural for them to include a deity, a God in this. So something supernatural, you know, that would represent whatever these people were worshiping. Like I would welcome that because I mean, they've done, they, they had, you know, the monkey people and they had the witch people, you know, they they really have pushed the, the boundaries on, on Supernatural, too, with Primal. So I feel like, and then the zombie virus um, dinosaur, I feel like, um, yeah, if they want to invite Vidar to the party, like, sure, let's do it. Fuck, bring it on. We'll take it. But don't touch Fang's eggs. Are you saying there's going to be a cat god showing up, Kuro? Um, yeah. Yes, there better be, okay. and she is benevolent and fierce and a fighter. She ferries the Best dead be praised. <laughs> we really like primal guys. You can tell, and you should too. If you have not yes. checked it out, please do. Chris Emmons checked it out. You have no excuses anymore, right? And Listen to if, Captain America. Like, if I mean, I know. People might have thought, oh, this is not Toonami. But I would argue that this is exactly Toonami. This is absolutely Toonami. People who say this isn't Toonami are weebs. Get them out. Weebs out. Weebs out. Get them out. (laughs) It's true. Look, if you want Toonami to showcase the best in action animation, this is the best in action animation. It It literally wins awards. Like, that clearly says it's one of the best if not the best. I, I will say this there's only one show that i've seen recently that i would put over primal all time and that is arcane what arcane that's great. a that's a discussion for another day but like since it's uh since it came back I, I i can't think of any like there's been other shows that have been more impactful there's been shows that you know have garnered more attention things along those lines i think quality wise primal's got it I think it has it. I will stand by that. Absolutely. Everything about it, the visuals, the animation, the sound design, the music, it's all phenomenal. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, there's nothing that I look at that and say, oh, they didn't need to have that. Everything works together really organically and um, and, and it's funny, you don't think about it. And I went back and watched a few things and there are moments like in episode one, which it, I, I think is one of my favorite episodes overall of the entire series, um, of just pure silence. And then, and then they highlight it with music at very specific times and you don't realize it unless you're actually thinking about it. And when you do realize that it, it heightens the emotions, it heightens the experience. And I think that they've been doing that all along. They've been using sound 
I mean, we know they've been using sound with voiceovers to complement the, the experience, but using music too, using silence itself too. So it's, it's so, it's, it's just, it's great. And I, I love when people push the boundaries of animation and the animation is great, even though like it's intentionally a little bit blocky, but it's very smooth from frame to frame, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The characters are blocky, but the, the the animation quality is very smooth. So, like you can just you can just tell, you know, there is there's someone directing that knows exactly what they're doing and has a vision, and and it's one of complete fluidity. Which I will say, as much as I loved Fena, Fena lacked that fluidity. It it had desperate disparate things that were great about it the music was great the animation was great the voice acting was great the story was not great like it didn't all come together this all comes together really well it's all one vision and one story and that's great and you know i wonder if the negative or i wouldn't say negative sentiment but just you know how we joke about how, oh, no, people only want Toonami to have anime kind of thing? I wonder if a lot of uh, that sentiment, especially since Primal's, like, you know, bleeding the block, I'm, you know, touting it as, like, this great thing. I wonder if there's a little bit of resentment just because, A, it's not premiering on Toonami and the sort of feelings that Gendy had uh, with Primal airing on Toonami. And to be honest, like, I don't begrudge him for feeling the way that he does. Like, it's his show. He's allowed to want whatever he wants with it. And sure, would I have liked it to be premiering on Toonami? Sure. I mean, duh. I mean, for God's sakes, I want to have Chainsaw Man, New Bleach, Spy Family on Toonami. Like, I want everything on it, right? So I get it. But it's like, Primal doesn't need Toonami. Toonami needs Primal. Yeah. That's that's the kind of difference. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of the people who have been upset about those whole things are kind of like upset of how that sentiment is. Cause it's not Toonami's Emmy award winning show primal. It's Emmy award winning show primal joining Toonami. And I think there's some fans that have a bit of resentment toward it being that way, build that way instead of what they would have wanted it to be billed as. And sure. You could talk about, Oh, you know, ratings are better on Saturday nights than it is on Thursdays. It's just, I've already talked about this. Thursdays is not a great day to premiere a new show. I'm sorry. It's not. Uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are generally the best uh, when it comes to that sort of thing. So already, like, that's going to be the way that it is with that. And obviously, Toonami has such a very loyal fan base that they're going to show up for those. Especially with as good of a show that this is, right? But I wonder if... That isn't a completely different audience. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But I'm just saying people watching both nights? I think so, yeah. I actually do. I don't know about that. I, I think <laughs> I, it's a different audience. I think it. I think it's more similar than we give credit for, but we don't. We will never know. It's it's purely speculation on that. Uh, but I, I do wonder if there's a bit of level of resentment just because of those statements, which I think is unfair, uh, only because of the quality of the show itself. And like I say, it's Gendy show. He's he's allowed to say and do whatever the hell he wants as. As Adultson said, he is law. <laughs> Their own words, not ours. So I do think that might be playing a little bit of effect. And I think what I've really enjoyed that the show has kind of gravitated people to kind of not really worry about that as much and just kind of enjoy what, what we're getting anyway. Because it's, it's from, like I said, you can put Primal on anything and it'd be racking up all different types of um, notoriety. And it already has. Like, think about this. It premiered on Adult Swim. 
you know, on season one premiered, it won awards. It's being touted as one of the best things in animation today. Like it's in the same realm as Arcane and Invincible. Those are like the two best animated shows that have come out recently. And the fact that Primal's on that list to make it a top three, the big three, right? You know, anime fans love their big threes. Primal is there. I think that's amazing. The fact that even if it isn't a premiere, the fact that it's going to Toonami is wonderful. And I really, really think people should uh, get out of this mindset that it can only be anime on Toonami, especially when you have such a fantastic show. Like, you're telling me if Arcane or Invisible, Invincible wasn't available for Toonami to grab, you'd say, no, it's not anime. Get that out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Those shows are fu- Those shows are so good. So the fact that Toonami is going back to its roots of bringing you adult animation action that isn't necessarily only anime, I'm in heaven. I love it. Absolutely enjoy this. I think also um, traditional fans might be challenged by what they consider a traditional storytelling. And this is not traditional storytelling. And maybe maybe that was initially part of the turnoff why they don't watch it. But I would argue that what Tsunami has always been in essence is the off-brand, the the thing that is not the usual thing, where you go to find things you don't expect to find in other places. And this is what you find. Primal is exactly that item. And off-brand storytelling is kind of where you want to go with the, with storytelling. You want to see new and innovative ways of showing animation, which they've already been doing. You want to see new and innovative ways to tell a tale to, to show characters interacting, you know, to show action. And they've done all of that. So don't be put off by the fact that it isn't a hero tale, that it isn't, um, it, it doesn't have a, a, a waifu in the traditional sense. It doesn't have the characters that you can just grow to love and, and, and everybody that you can follow their dating lives or whatever. And you can kind of see them get their powers or, it doesn't have those things, but that doesn't have to be a turnoff. It is a good story, and the characters are interesting characters, and the way they interact is interesting, and the way it's animated is is great. Like You don't necessarily know what you're going to expect from moment to moment. There are perfect moments of like horrible brutality, and then there are moments of just peaceful interaction that are... It's just a very loving thing between Fang and Spear, so... You know, I, I would I would say viewers who haven't really taken on Primal and, and liked it to give it to give it a chance just to say don't don't look at this as like, oh, I don't want to see something pri- about primates. It's not about that. It's about so much more. Give it a chance and step outside your comfort box and you'll find that you actually really enjoy the experience. Wait a minute, there's no waifus? Never mind. Primal top five worst shows of Fang all time. Get it out of here. Get it out of here. Fang Get is it. The Fang best is best girl. She Fang. is the best waifu. What are you talking not about? <laughs> I'm only kidding. When we have a waifu discussion. You literally have to grow as a damn fan when it comes to animation. And I'm dead serious. At one point, yes, I was all into the itchy and all the other stuff. But now, I want a good story. Give me a good story, good animation, good plot and character development, and I'm good to go because I sure as hell can't say that for Yasuke. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, everybody knows my reason for saying that. It's okay. That's my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, 
I mean, it's a, you know, I guess you could say Western cartoon. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be anime. If it's good, then it's good. And it's actually holding its own on Tsunami. So quit complaining and just enjoy that we actually got some good content. Yep. I, I still need waifus, though. Don't, don't take those. Mira can be, look at Mira can be the waifu. Just, just deal with that. I don't okay, know why okay. you don't think Fang is a waifu. She's a total waifu. She's fierce and affectionate. I mean, She's you a can, You can cuddle up with her at night. What more can you ask for? Mm, I could give you a couple of things, but I'm not going to say it on this podcast. Wow. Come on now, man. Fair don't enough. you want a Sundere dinosaur? <laughs> 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 mm. I'm going to pass. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, She'll I'm gonna literally pass. bite your head off one of these days. You know what? Oh That's God. a great selling point. I am ready. <laughs> <laughs> Not that head. She's literally a man eater. So- no, 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 no. I wasn't thinking of the bad head. I was talking about actual, like the one above, the one above my shoulders. <laughs> Stay tuned, guys. The end it all. Tsunami faithful spinoff of this will be Spear and Fang, the Sundere that entered the primal atmosphere. <laughs> And anim- animated with voice acting originally by the Toonami Faithful. Only if I'm drinking. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> way we'll be able to get through that. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and CJ didn't get through handshakers. Hey, we'll get Laser oh. to help doing the roaring effects. He's had training. So well. we- we've talked about uh, a lot of the Panthers, a lot of the... Uh, you know, uh, really dramatic moments, the really happy moments. But let's talk about some of the funny moments because there are definitely some funny moments in this. Like when Spear and Fang are out on the boat and Spear jumps into the water to try and find fish. He can't find a fish. He comes up and they're yelling at each other. I can't <laughs> find anything. I know. I've got to try again. The most domestic thing ever. <laughs> I mean, what's understood Stop doesn't have to be explained. I'm trying. <laughs> they do that too with the rocks, where they yell at each other in the episode ten. <laughs> even even in the Primal Theory episode, when the Madman's holding up the one guy so that they won't shoot him. Just okay, guys, why don't you, like, walk around him so you can surround him instead of just stay right there? They shot him in the foot. Like, it is it is the most juvenile humor, and I'm loving it. These these guys, these guys were They're in a horror movie dude. and written like they were in a horror movie. Oh, they were. They are, they are freaking scientists, man. They can't fight for real. And they certainly had a hard time shooting those guns, at least initially. I mean, you know, for all the brains that they had, man, trust me, they were not going to be able to shoot those weapons well, man. Nope. Nope. A lot of good those brains did spilled on the floor. <laughs> That's like right uh, now. Boy, I was not expecting the like the sharp end of the just the wood part of the spear to manage to slice that dude's stomach. Well, <laughs> they used a primal weapon. trails. Yeah, wow. on realistic level of uh, violence, it was like it was like hearkening to some of the gruesome, more gruesome moments. Like one sweep of my hammer slices these arms right off these monkey men. 
Like, okay, that's yeah. how that works. Exactly how that works. Sure. Bone it, and sinew simply melt under your, your great strength. <laughs> that's absolutely... <laughs> We're not made in abyss here. We're not breaking the bone so that we can chop the arm off. <laughs> I know. No. <laughs> it just puts the lotion on and does what it's told. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but funny. how how about that healthcare plan they got at the in in the Celtics village? <laughs> she beats him with the with the um with the stick of a flame or whatever it is, and she just keeps beating him. And then he screams at her, and she screams at him back. I was like, that's how every doctor-patient relationship is. Well, he found out how much the literal poop on his arm. <laughs> I forgot let's, about that. Oh let's the poop seep into the wound. That's a nice way to get some sips. That have medicinal properties. I wonder how much the bill was. Holy shit, literally. Dude, that's the reason why he started fussing, man. The bill. <laughs> he got the bill, yeah. <laughs> It'll probably cost him more than an arm and a leg. Uh, CJ, come tell me you did not use some of these as puns, please. Tell me. I did not use a single one of these oh, as puns. You disappoint. You disappoint. Listen, these would have been great. I'm not watching puns. Primal for puns. I watch it for the emotion. And bang. That's about. That's about it. Well, there's some really funny things in there. Yes. Like, uh, when, when Spears hanging out with the villagers and the little kid is like eyeing him and he makes a face at the kid and the kid's like, oh. <laughs> it's like, hey. Don't scare my kid. <laughs> Listen, I just I watch it for different reasons, I guess. And I don't pay attention. Fruits that Such made them drunk. I, do, they, I well, they've been eating the fruit from that tree. Not that wrong. Make Gohan drunk in the dead zone. <laughs> <laughs> those those apples aren't good for kids to eat, <laughs> or for Shit, dinosaurs. Me. Like, I'm just going to eat him right off the ground. I swear, forget I forgot about, about it. the poop. I forgot about the poop she smeared on him. I thought <laughs> that was mud. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe in my mind, uh, I told myself that was mud. I mean, it's certainly mud, but I'm pretty sure there's fecal matter in there. Because <laughs> hey. that has medicinal values. I, I don't right? want to think about it too hard. You know what? I, I don't want to think. About she it. doesn't want to think about that shit. <laughs> well, it was a bunch of shit, though. <laughs> this healthcare plan's really shitty. <laughs> you get the shit into the stick for real. <laughs> I don't know. I love my favorite though thing is where she had the like the flayed burning stick and she was like beating him with it, and he yells at her, and she yells at him back. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Didn't didn't Spear take a leak off the boat at one point? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm pretty sure he did. I don't remember that. Maybe I missed this. I need to go back and watch. God damn it. I feel like I missed stuff. I missed miss the shit. <laughs> I, I might be imagining that. I think I, you're I feel imagining like that. And also now you started a really horrible pun that we can't get rid of. <laughs> I'm sorry. My head is just full of shit. <laughs> That's, gonna, that's the, that's the worst thing about leave. that four-letter word. You can use it in any context. You can add it to anything. That's the, That's how four-letter words work. Yeah. 
And if you're listening to this and thinking this is not child friendly, then you miss the warning at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> There's always a warning. At we are the- not family friendly. No. And the one family friendly. This is a TVMA V show. People get eviscerated in this show. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all need to go okay. back and listen to some of the early day stuff, especially after the bleeps. I will say, though, we haven't had an instance of. Uh, Dino dumping. <laughs> really? And I feel like this series is incomplete until that happens. Oh, God. I no, You know, I think I can do without it. Honestly. You can do without it? I could. Yes. I can say that with confidence. <laughs> Have confidence. Sketch. I don't know. My mind's in the shitter. It is. Not to switch gears on the shitty things of Primal, but why don't you talk about your most amazing experience where you got to meet your heroes? Because I know everybody wants to hear about it. I do. I got to meet my heroes in a half shell. <laughs> the uh, all, all four of the OG cartoon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were in town for Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. And uh, that was appointments <laughs> to be sure my friend and i did a photo op with them with all four of them which was great and i had them sign uh, a dvd cover that actually uh, the voice of Raphael, rob paulson was in town i want to say 10 years ago at this point i've been Raphael uh, for halloween before <laughs> along with uh, maurice lamars and some uh, other voice actors uh he he was in town before, so I had him sign that DVD case before. But I wanted to get a nice print with all the turtles on it and get that signed by all of them. So I did that, which was uh, really cool. It's a, it's a great print. It's designed like the box art of the uh, original toys, which uh, I think is absolutely super nostalgic. Uh, so they, they all signed that. They signed the DVD cover. And I got to meet some other voice actors. Uh, I got to meet uh, Gray Griffin slash Gray, Gray Delisle. Uh, I got to meet Phil Lamar, who I did interview for TFP. Oh, no shit. Yes, yes. I heard so bad. I missed that interview. Aww. I couldn't be on. No, like, we couldn't, they couldn't get me on there. We couldn't, we couldn't make it. No, <laughs> no, don't even talk to me. You met Phil fucking Lamar. Are I you did. kidding me? I oh. did. And <laughs> the first thing I say to him, uh, because he was uh, quoting his character, Ollie Williams, from Family Guy, you know, sure. it's go right. I said, yeah, well, you came at the, <laughs> the right time to Seattle because it's been clear all, all week. <laughs> he says, yeah, this is the least Ollie Williams week in <laughs> Seattle history, probably. Uh, we, yeah, we had fun. Uh, so... I had him. I got his autograph. I got Gray Delisle's autograph. If you don't know who Gray Delisle is, uh, she's so many, many characters. She is. <laughs> Including uh, that bad bitch on Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Azula, right? Azula, yeah. Azula she's Azula. is the best, and she, she, yeah, no, she's <laughs> the best, and she's also, um, because you recognize the voice on the last season of Samurai Jack the most. I feel like that's the most similar. She does that voice, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, of course, she is also the current and longstanding voice of Daphne for Scooby-Doo Projects. But she's been so, so, so many characters. So I made sure to get a one of her uh, collages, print collage, print. Yeah. Collage prints with lots of characters on it. So that was great. And she gave me a hug. She was the only one that gave me a hug. Everybody else was really willing to like handshake or high five or whatever, but she was the one giving out hugs. Oh, I love that yeah. about her. She's been a lot of characters on Samurai Jack. I just did a quick search. She's oh, been yeah. a lot. She was on Danny Phantom, Justice League. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Yeah, she's one of the voices of Catwoman. Batman. Wow, she's got I can't even. She's got such a long but you, okay, yeah. so I have one of those. I have a Phil Lamar um, autograph myself that a friend got me. He attended a Comic Con in Okinawa and got one for me especially. And that's like it's it's has a place of pride in my anime art uh, wall because it's Okinawa as in Japan. Yes, Okinawa, Japan. <laughs> wow. He was he was serving over there and he went to a con and he got me. A, he got me an autograph, and so it's so precious to me. I love you, Phil Lamar. If you're listening, I love you. Please let us interview you. Again. Again. We we could find other things to talk about, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, to be sure. Uh, I told Marisa Marcia the last time that I, uh, I saw him in town, we were all hoping that uh, Animaniacs and Futurama would maybe come back, and now they're both back. Yeah. <laughs> And he said that they are recording on uh, that they, they're doing the first recording for Futurama. Uh, they did it earlier this week, so it's rolling, baby. Looking forward to more Futurama, though I am a little concerned because there's there's diminishing returns. Let's yeah, be real here. You have a you have a real reason to be concerned, considering what's happening in the industry these days. But yes. Oh, geez. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's not get depressing. (laughs) I also got to meet Lava. You know, loud and very loud. (laughs) That's uh, the uh, trio of Max Middleman, Ray Chase, and Robbie Damon. They were all very personable, great guys. They had a really fun panel where they played drama games. It was very fun. And uh, maybe we'll be able to talk to some of them in the future. And three of the straw hats were there, and I had them sign a straw hat flag. And I had uh, Colleen Clickabeard, voice of Luffy, sign my Luffy wanted poster that Kuro was so nice to get me. Yay! I figured that she would be uh, super thrilled that I, I got it signed. I am so thrilled. Did she like the uh, the wanted poster? Oh yeah, she thought it was cool. Yeah, she's a cool person. I like she her. is. She is super cool. She is she's super duper great. And uh, the oh, other awesome. two were uh, Ian Sinclair, who is always a delight, and Mr. Sonny Strait, who I had sign my two Tom One Pops. And that was, uh, I mean, <laughs> it was kind of expensive, not going to lie, $60 to sign a pop. <laughs> They had a they had a whole thing at that convention. If you wanted a pop figure signed, it was quite the upcharge, which is uh, I wasn't going to get just one of the toms signed. Well, it sounds like you had a really hell of a time there. Like I'm I'm very impressed. You 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 had a really great time. It was you a good this, show. I, yeah. I mean, 
I went there specifically because the Ninja Turtles were going to be there. And then I found out three of the One Piece straw hats were going to be there. I was like, well, this is just, I have to be here. I have to be there. <laughs> and I was. Um, I think the panel selection was not as good as some conventions that I've gone to. But there was a pretty cool panel where... Uh, two of the guys that worked on Transformers, Beast Wars, and Beast Machines talked about making that show, which I thought was really interesting. You know, being one of the uh, earlier CGI animated TV series. Reboot being the first. Um, yeah, so that was good. Uh, I, I enjoyed the the panel that, the, that <laughs> Max Millman... Ray Chase and Robbie Damon did, and uh, some of the other panels. The the Ninja Turtles panel was great. The One Piece panel was great. The One Piece panel, uh, <laughs> Ian Sinclair mentioned that he's been learning how to shoot a slingshot during COVID, and he said, hey, Sonny, I could teach you how to use a slingshot like Usopp. Oh my god. But that's, that's <laughs> so when Colleen left, because she needed to leave earlier, uh, it's like, all right, now this is the slingshot panel. Oh my god, this <laughs> they, sounds they amazing! They didn't really keep running with that. I'm so uh, sorry, I didn't see this. This sounds amazing. I think some of the panels are going to be streams. So, uh, looking at Emerald City Comic Con, uh, I think they have some of the videos up there. But yeah, it was uh, it was super great. It was so cool to meet the other three Ninja Turtles because, like I mentioned, I met Rob before, but. I high-fived Michelangelo! Hell yeah! <laughs> and Hell and uh, attempted my my The Tick impression. <laughs> because he is also The Tick. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Tick, I feel like I'm going crazy. No, Arthur, you're going sane in a crazy world! <laughs> <laughs> Spoon! There you go. <laughs> That's amazing. It's kind of the wildest thing to see this guy who's probably older than my father yell, Cowabunga, dude! <laughs> all the Ninja Turtles have gray hair now. Well, I mean, that's the uh, only them. time when saying that was really appropriate. The, the, the valley boy and girl language California stuff is out. <laughs> yeah, out. yeah. Yeah, because I don't say two-wheeler cowabunga radical. Like, totally gag me. Oh, not that. That is... Oh, God. I'm really sorry. I regret that a lot. I'm very sorry. It's okay. It's like, it's okay. I understand. so real. (laughs) Shawty. Poor CJ. I'm sorry, man. You gonna be okay over there, CJ? He's already... He's already... He's 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 dead. He's just, I was here yeah. for Primal, so like this is just like dragged on a little longer now. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap it up. Anyway, yeah. Like uh, as I put it in my tweet that I misspelled because I'm terrible at Twitter. Uh, they say don't meet your heroes, but these guys have never let me down. I'm really happy that it worked out for you. That's that's really wonderful, Sketch. It sounds like you had an awesome time, and you met some pretty awesome actors, and that's the kind of stuff, guys, that we can do and share and talk about and interview and show you if you subscribe to our Patreon. I'm just saying. 
public service announcement. I wore a mask pretty much all throughout that convention, and I didn't get sick. That too. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says about masks. They work for me. <laughs> That's for dang sure. Also subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please do subscribe to our Patreon and our TikTok. <laughs> we have a TikTok? <laughs> we do now. What is this? Tsunami Faithful Official on TikTok. All right. Uh, yes. So if you have thoughts on Primal or anything else, you can email us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. Please follow us on facebook.com backslash tsunami faithful podcast and on Twitter at tsunami podcast. You can listen to this podcast and others on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, and Amazon. And you can find every episode of the podcast you stream online at soundcloud.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast. And you can get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews at ToonamiFaithful.com. You do that a little too well now. Well, I do it with a script so I don't mess up. Don't tell people that. <laughs> you will take that out. <laughs> it's really bad when I don't have the script in front of me. I'm like, ah, oh, wow, whoa, what was the, uh, where are we? Uh. <laughs> like, Just spank your hand, bud. It's, it's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> also, another trick of the trade. I almost guarantee you, if I was trying to read that off and there was nobody else in the call, if I was just recording myself and nobody else was there, I would mess it up so many times. Really? Because I, I feel like I, don't I know do what worse. it is. I, feel I like... don't know what it is, but if I have other people listening, I somehow don't make as many mistakes. It is so the opposite for me. I make more mistakes when people are listening. When I practice by myself, it's perfect. And then I go and do it on the podcast, and I'm like, oh, I completely fucked that up. Awesome. Great job, Kuro. Well, different strokes, different folks. <laughs> okay. I guess it's about time to uh, get out of here. So, Kuro, tell them where they can find you. You can find me cry- fighting crime at night on the streets of your city. <laughs> Name a city. I'm just kidding. I don't do that. CJ lies. You can find me on Twitter at Happy Kuro Kitty. <laughs> and CJ, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CJ Maferis and just doing our weekly this week from Toonami stuff for at least now. Uh, I'll be, I mean, I added stuff that comes our way, so we'll get to that. And I don't know, maybe we'll do reviews or housing complex C, maybe not. I don't know. It depends on. Depends on a lot of things, but we'll 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 figure something out for sure. But um, yeah, that's where you can find me. That's pretty much all that I do, really. Besides that's where working, I find so. you. yeah. But um, yeah, no, you know, just doing my thing, staying afloat, doing the best I can. That's for sure. <laughs> He's working very hard, everybody. <laughs> he does he work hard. Hard for the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hard for the money. <laughs> And Mr. Terrell, where can they find you? In Jordan trying to get a girlfriend? No, seriously. <laughs> <you can find> <laughs> uh, 
You can find me at Ukami underscore Samurai7 at Twitter.com. That's pretty much why I am most of these days. Darrell's dating service can also be found at any <laughs> faithful site. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Don't do that, Kuroko. We're not bringing kidding. back date Darrell. Uh, look here. You know what? Paul and Michelle still on my shit list for that. <laughs> they are totally on the shit Where's list. Where's date Sketch? Sketch is lonely. Oh, what? Sketch, you're the best. I don't know what who wouldn't want to be. Come on. I mean, you're so lovable, Sketch. You are lovable. Yeah, most people determine that once they get to know me. You're just so lovable, and so cuddly. Our guys are the best guys, and our non-binary people are the best non-binary people, and our cats are the best cats. I'm just saying. You dang right. And our ladies aren't good? Is that what you're saying, Kuro? Oh, our ladies, ladies are the best. We do have ladies. I'm so sorry. Our ladies are boss. What? Our ladies are boss. I just forgot, like, because I think Celia, and now she's gone, and I'm really sad about it. But yes, we have boss ladies. This is true. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. That's that's pretty much it. Uh, well, I was recently on another Surreal Resolutions podcast O and A talking about the current anime season a little a little late, <laughs> but we talked about it. Talked about the few good shows to watch in a whole lot of trash. <laughs> hey, it's fun to talk trash. <laughs> oh well, absolutely. I definitely consume trashy anime. Uh. We all do. If you say you're not, you're lying. <laughs> Iggy Tosin. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for listening each and every time we put out a podcast. And until next time, we're punching out. Doses! Roar!